Avenue to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. Bonjour, I'm your host, Holly. Hola, I'm your co-host, Melody. Konnichiwa, I'm your co-host, Jennifer. Today, we're discussing the joys and challenges of foreign language learning. But first, how's everybody been since last time? Melody? Well, we've been great. The weather's been great. Last time, I think we were, I'd been outside working in the yard and Oh, yes. And I mentioned I looked out and like the great oak pollening had begun. Mm-hmm. So now everything around <laughs> yeah, here has got, you know, a little coating of yellow. But we're feeling pretty good around here. And uh, March is International Crochet Month. So I've been doing Ooh. all kinds of projects. We've got our birthday season is in full swing and all the grandkids are getting <laughs> little items. So I've been really busy with yarn. I have more projects than I have time to do, but I think that's just the way it goes. <laughs> How about you, Jen? Um, We're doing great, too. Just our, you know, regular at-home stuff for a change for a while. But today was our day that I take the teenagers to volunteer. We volunteer monthly at a place that helps people who are experiencing homelessness. And I take a whole group of teenagers into Austin once a month. And today was that day. And it was such a good day. We we were able to help so many people. But I just, I love these days. I love taking the kids in and, and watching them interact with people and, and helping and and actually wanting to be there and do it. And we just get so much out of it. So we've had a really good day today. And our week's been great too. And I'm looking forward to spring break too. How about you, Holly? What are you doing? First, I just want to say, I think it's great that you take the kids to do this volunteer opportunity. And I'm sure that as much as they're getting from uh, interacting with the, the people they serve, they are going to carry that forward you know, into their adult lives. And it's going to make them much more empathetic So I I think think that's wonderful. So y'all are looking forward to spring break. And um, and we had some activities on the calendar for spring break too, but they've all gotten thrown out the window Uh (laughs) because my middle son is having surgery on Tuesday for a triple hernia. Oh no. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's, oh no, but it's really good. He's been having a lot of health problems since last year in July Mm -hmm. when he, um, he first got diagnosed with a thyroid problem and he's had a lot of testing in the past couple of weeks and it's all been, uh, helping to figure out why he's been having the troubles he's been having. So unfortunately, you know, he's got these three hernias, but he's going to have surgery and I'm going to be spending a lot of time helping him, um, recover. So mm-hmm. uh, all of our spring break activities have gotten tossed because <laughs> um, wow. I'm not really sure how quickly he'll be able to um, to be up and about yeah. without assistance. So um, I'm going to spend the night at his place the first night and his, he lives with his older brother. So his brother will be off the second day and together we'll take care of him. But it's an added challenge because my husband is on bed rest. Still, yeah. Uh, still, yeah. He's he doesn't. I think he sees his doctor uh, the nineteenth of March to see if he's allowed to get back up and start mm-hmm. walking more. So I'm gonna have to split my time between two households. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna do meal prep this weekend for both my son and for uh, my husband and my younger son at at our house. So that meals will be easy to get That's for buddy. Yeah. And in addition, um, my middle son also was diagnosed with celiac disease, which I have. Mm-hmm. So he's adjusting to a different diet. <laughs> so it's been a lot, but he's on the road to uh, to better health. And we're all excited. That's for really him. good. Yeah. That's you good. know, how and he's it so is. lucky that you're able to be able to be, you know, close by and help him out like this, too. I'm That's really wonderful. fortunate to work for myself so I can take my laptop and, mm-hmm. you know, just work in the hospital while he's having surgery and work at his place. And yeah, yeah, it'll be crazy, but we're really glad he's got answers and he can yeah. get to better health. That's so yeah, important. that's a relief. I don't know if our listeners know this, but I think y'all as my friends know that I am a Francophile. I started learning French when I was in the fourth grade Mm -hmm. Um, and I have loved foreign languages ever since then. Um, And I I have strong opinions on why people should learn them early. And I think (laughs) a lot of people know there are benefits to learning a foreign language, but let's talk about what some of those are. Melly, what would you say some benefits of teaching a foreign language to kids would be? The first thing that always pops to mind for me is cultural awareness and understanding. 
Um, one of the reasons that we explored different languages was to also learn more about other cultures. And so I've always loved how you were, you knew from the beginning and you have a long, you know, year after year of studying in France. We started studying uh, Mexico and then Spanish or mm-hmm. I don't know, but Spanish in Texas, we have Tex-Mex. <laughs> but we, you know, we, we did some study all very informal from a young age. And even when I was in school, in my elementary school, we had Spanish classes. For us, locally, being more aware of the other influences from Mexico here in Texas, it just, we had a lot of friends who had moved here from Mexico and not people from Spain, but I guess we were studying Mexican culture. But that was our one of the first things for us was that greater cultural understanding. We're surrounded by Spanish speaking, you know, people most everywhere we go. We overhear Spanish a lot. And so we wanted to understand also my husband worked with people who spoke Spanish. And so those kinds of uh, influences are all around us. My adult children are finding now, if you are bilingual, you your career opportunities Absolutely. are much wider. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Jen? What um, have you taught foreign language in your homeschool? Yes, I have. Well, here and there, and uh, several different ones. Um, but I grew up. My parents were military, and we lived overseas quite a bit. I lived in Germany and the Philippines and Japan, and so I was exposed to a lot of different cultures and languages. And as a as a child, I even wished that I had started, you know, learning foreign languages when I was young, because in other countries, most people speak multiple languages. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's something a lot of Americans aren't aware that that's a thing as much, I think, until you start traveling more. But most of the people I knew as like in middle school, I was over in the Philippines. And most of the people at my school who were from the Philippines, they spoke two or three languages from birth. And I always felt like we were at a huge disadvantage, you know, in our country for the most part, not doing that because it really expands your horizon. It expands your ability to understand other cultures, of course, but also your mind. It's It stretches your mind in different ways that you're not accustomed to doing is if you're learning different languages at the same time. But right. I, I saw all these people who who did it since birth, you know? And so it wasn't second nature to them. And I, I really wish that I had had that as a child. So I did with my own kids, I wanted them to be exposed to other languages, but we're, I think we're going to talk about some of the challenges of teaching it, but it, it's not as easy if you're not a native speaker of another language, which I'm not, it's it's difficult sometimes to teach your kids. So instead of trying to, you know, master a language, we kind of dabbled in them here and there, different languages for different purposes. But it's it's been a great, a great thing for my kids. A lot of it we did for travel. So we would learn basic parts of a language for traveling to other countries and use it that way. That's a really good reason to get kids on board with learning a language is if mm-hmm. they see a reason for it. Because I, I was exposed to learning French when I was in the fourth grade, I feel like, you know, it's really important to teach kids as young as you can. Yes. Um, the program I was in in my elementary school actually started in second grade, but I didn't get into that program until I was in fourth grade. So when I was sitting in my French class with other other kids, they were speaking French exclusively. The teacher didn't speak any English at all. And I sat in the class for about two months, just kind of trying to figure out what was going on. And I, and you know, I am very far away from fourth grade now at this point in my life, but I remember (laughs) this so clearly that a boy raised his hand and he said, and I knew he asked, can I sharpen my pencil? And the light bulb went off. And by the time I got to high school, I was fairly fluent. I could read in French. Um, I could speak and understand French pretty yeah, well. Great. And then I moved to Texas. Bum bum bum. And I did not know when I got. You here, need a little there, Spanish. <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, that that wasn't hard to figure out. But I didn't know when I got here how hard it would be to keep up my French. I didn't realize yes. it was an uh, Alliance Française. In, um, in Austin, where I could have gone to French classes and, and done things. So my, uh, my love for French never dimmed, but my learning slowed down to a crawl. And um, I, I continually wanted you know, to teach my kids a foreign language because I knew it was so beneficial. So I would tell them little things in French. All my kids 
learned like little commands and things in French. Yeah. Um, and I tried to expose them to uh, to foreign language. One of the, the other reasons for learning foreign language besides what y'all have shared is that it actually boosts your brain. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of research that shows that learning a second language helps with problem solving and critical mm -hmm. thinking and listening skills and concentration and the ability to multitask. Because if you yes. think about it, when you're using another language, sometimes you got to think about what you want to say in one language mm -hmm. and then right. get it in another. And in addition to the spoken languages that we're, we've all been talking about, we want to remember that ASL is a foreign language yes. and it's really important. Learning a second language improves your first language because you're having to think about it in a different way. Well, you know, when so, you're learning Latin, it improves your English grammar. Mm -hmm. A lot of right. the foreign language studies actually help you to improve your own grammar. Mm -hmm. and, then, and your vocabulary. You increase your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. right. And so those were the benefits I saw, especially with my one son who took on Latin. Just the, like you said, grammar, vocabulary, his uh, grasp of all of those things increased quite a bit with his studies. Yeah, we'll definitely help kids farther down the road when they're taking the SAT. And they have yeah. to, um, I mean, I know the SAT has changed some, but there are a lot of times where you come upon a word that may not be familiar. And if you can deduce what the root is and what that mm -hmm. might mean, it certainly helps you with your comprehension and understanding. I know people who are into studying the Bible. A lot of them want to learn Greek so they can read the Bible in the original Greek. Um, so there are lots of reasons to learn a foreign language. I think the biggest reason is just so you can communicate with lots of different people. Um, one of my neighbors is from Mexico, and uh, she and I have the most fun conversations because my Spanish and her English are equally as bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have a lot of fun little conversations. One day, my son and I were walking around our yard as we were doing a lot in uh, 2020 when we couldn't go anywhere. So we would walk the perimeter of the yard for exercise. And we walked out, and there was a lot of water between my house and my neighbor's house. And I said, oh, my gosh, I think they have a leak somewhere. So I ran up. We oh. ran back up to the front of the property, and she was on her porch. So I said to her, um, ¿Está Ricardo aquí? And, uh, she, you know, is, is Rick there? And she's like, yeah, what's the problem? And I said, uh, mucho agua. And she corrects me, muy. I'm like, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but she, she knew what I meant. Um, and that's kind of the whole thing, right? Like, my Spanish isn't that great. I understand a lot more than I than I can say, mm -hmm. but the ability to get a point across, even if it's done badly, yes. is really helpful. Yeah. So there are so many reasons. And I, Melody mentioned it's great for employment later on if you're mm -hmm. bilingual. That's so true. But tying it into the volunteering that we're doing, like in the area that we live in Texas, there's so much need for Spanish speakers, you know, bilingual English, Spanish people to help in volunteer situations. They're always looking for people. So it can be really useful in other non-employment ways too as an adult. Yeah, that's true. Well, and you know, recently I was at the hospital um, with my son and someone in the next curtain over they brought in like a little tv on on wheels and they had an interpreter that would ask the person questions so the healthcare worker would say whatever it was and the interpreter would tell the person and then the person right. would answer and they can do all kinds of languages with that it's like a mm -hmm. it's like an automated thing or something uh like probably some ai thing but anyway yeah you know the That's more cool, yeah but you need people need to be able to communicate mm -hmm. Um, in all kinds of situations. Yeah. I know that in Quebec, anyone who wants to work in Quebec has to prove fluency in French. Even if they're working in a, like in a hotel industry where they would also need to speak English, they have yeah. to speak French. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I was on a Duolingo um, comment thread about that. And somebody was saying they learned enough French using Duolingo, which we'll talk more about resources, mm -hmm. but just kind of uh, encouraging that they learned enough French to get employment in Quebec using mm -hmm. an app, a free app at that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. that? So yeah, there are lots of benefits 
of teaching foreign language. And I think it's really good to to give it a shot, but it's not without its challenges, as, as we can all attest. Yes. <laughs> we tried to do Spanish when my kids were younger. And when my kids were younger, we were successful in doing little kid things. We sang songs. We, you know, labeled things in the house in Spanish. And it was more like a game. We played games in Spanish. And they enjoyed that. But once it got to, okay, you need to actually study it to learn more, they weren't really on board with that very much. And then we used Rosetta Stone for a little while. And um, at first, they thought it was cool. It was kind of a novel idea for them. And they were learning. But then it just, they got bored. They were bored with it. And uh, so for me, throughout our homeschooling, all the different times we've tried things, because we've also, we've gone back to Spanish a few times. We also did ASL classes with a group and we did that for two years and that was fun. We learned some basic stuff, but then again, once it started becoming more difficult, they kind of lost interest again. And the overall challenge for me has been that it requires practice and consistency and getting my kids on board with that was difficult. Yeah, I agree with that. I ran into some of that too. We were more successful playing with language when my kids were younger. Yeah. Um, and then here I am with my my sixth child and he, he's been actively resistant, but recently he's decided that it might be nice to learn a language. And one of the things I've been doing with him, some ideas I got from Adelaide of Talkbox Mom, is that, you know, when you're using a language, it has to be practical. So you should be right. learning the things you already say. So... That's almost really smart, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, <laughs> one of the things that I read um, in a thread on a foreign language in Ambleside Online was that somebody's kid learned how to say I farted. <laughs> they were interested in that. <laughs> but, but it was like a normal, it's part of their normal conversation. Right. So I'll ask my son, you know, if he's hungry, uh, if he's, uh, what would he like to drink? You know, uh, mm-hmm. you want orange juice. And a lot of times he's like, I don't know what you're saying. And I just, my eyes about roll into the back of my head because I've been saying these <laughs> things for a while. <laughs> he's, I think a lot of times he's just not paying attention. Yeah. But I keep trying to hammer it. And we listen to, uh, at Christmas time, we listen to French Christmas songs. Now that he's decided he would like to participate more in it, I think we'll make more headway. Yeah. But he's, what he said to me was, I want to learn Spanish. And I said, well, I think that, you know, we don't have to say we can only learn one language. But right. let's work on French for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then let's add Spanish because I would like to improve my Spanish. I have basic Texas Spanish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can get food. Uh, you know, I can ask for food and and ask for basic things. But I would like us to be multilingual, not just bilingual. Yeah. Because there are so many opportunities, you know, the more language you have. For example, French people don't really speak a lot of English. Mm-hmm. They do speak other, many other languages. Yes. <laughs> um, and so if you ran into someone who was French and your French wasn't great, you might be able to speak something else to them. I just think I'm, you know, I would love to be one of those people who just speaks so many languages. It's been a challenge just getting mm-hmm. my kids on board with it. As as adults, some of them have learned Spanish, um, mainly because of uh, where they work. Yeah. And they gained a lot more skills. Uh, what about you, Melody? What, what did y'all do? What challenges did you face? Well, we started way long ago with the learnables, which was a, a had a tape. Oh, I remember the learnables. <laughs> And they're telling you the, you know, the names of the pictures and mostly listening because, you know, we all learn by listening first. And so all the exposures we get are good. Our brain is, you know, catching on to those mm-hmm. sounds. And we would do that all together over lunch. And so that was pretty entertaining because it was always like you said, the words and things that you use in everyday language. Mm-hmm. And so we worked our way through, I guess, volume one of that. And then I don't know what happened. Probably a, a baby came along, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got like derailed from that. So we got, you know, a little sampling of that. And then we also uh, played with Rosetta Stone. My kids loved that. And they picked up a lot of phrases, which they used on each other. And so we did that for a while, but we were not, we didn't have a good consistent way to practice what we learned as we went along. And because I was learning it along with them, I couldn't really help them learn it. We 
have like you a smattering of you know phrases that can get us by a little mm-hmm. bit then we also for a while watched signing time with alex and leah <laughs> we learned you know some yeah. sign language and they um actually that caught on with them pretty well we had a friend who was taking sign language classes at the time uh not for a job i think at school that was her foreign language and so they practiced a lot on that mm-hmm. and then some places we went there would be an interpreter like we visited at a courtroom and someone was doing sign language on the side and we went to some church services that had somebody signing and so they were able to like see that in other places besides tv and and practiced it a little bit and then Mm -hmm. some of the kids were using that with babies some of the the little babies were learning to sign some things and so we dabbled in foreign language but not really Mm -hmm. in the way that we wanted to and i did mention my son decided he wanted to learn latin and he jumped in i mean he really he did two years, Henley one and two, and really understood what he was doing. He just took that and ran because I was too busy doing other things. And again, like my mother knew some Latin from when she took it in high school. It used to be part of the curriculum. But Jason definitely took off with Latin. And so all of those benefits we talked about with vocabulary and just improving language and all of that, I could see those benefits as he went through that course. But he got so far ahead of me, he was having to correct his own words, which again was fine. You know, it's like, here's the here's the key. And he would find where he went wrong. And then he was teaching me things. But all of that comes in handy with understanding, you know, when you have those. Oh, another thing we did was uh, English from the roots up, just learning Greek and Latin roots. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Having those, having that exposure to other languages, you can start to really understand vocabulary that you may not know that word, but you recognize the roots and you can figure out the meaning. And like you mentioned earlier for SAT, but just in mm-hmm. regular reading, just or whatever you're looking at, uh, he was big on insect studies. And so he was learning, you know, the scientific names for those things. Right. And he understood what they meant, and why they were called this because of the root words. So it was really just an exploration of language. But we, I would not say that we were highly successful in learning a foreign language. All of us have a problem yeah. together. Uh, we can get along. You know, I took French in high school. I got to practice it on a trip overseas, but I was not fluent at all. And so that was one thing where now I see there are so many resources out there where, like you mentioned, Duolingo, there are channels on YouTube where people are teaching language. And I feel like if those resources had been available, we would have had a much better grasp of, or we probably would have continued and actually learned to speak to a degree. But yeah, we're pretty, I think, pretty feeble over here. <laughs> well, I think one of the the biggest challenges is that none of us are able to be immersed. Yes. And immersion is the mm-hmm. best way to learn. Um, one of my nieces, her grandmother was right. from Mexico, and she took care of my niece. She and my mother both uh, shared time to watch her while my sister was working before um, Zoe went to kindergarten. And my niece is, is a fluent Spanish speaker. She's about to turn 20, I think, in the fall. The key is immersion and Mm -hmm. also a desire. I think that that's the issue that a lot of us face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if it's not a language we're fluent in, we can't immerse our kids in it. Right. And if there's not a pressing need to learn it, it's harder to teach it. I agree. Um, My family, we were a lot like Melody said, it was more like we explored languages. We mm -hmm. never, nobody became fluent with anything, but we did explore different languages for different purposes and things. But I feel like, so at some points I was feeling personally like bad about that because, you know, I always hoped to have bilingual or multilingual kids, you know, but because I don't have the benefits of being a native speaker in another language or having an immersion situation, I realized early on that I couldn't personally give them that. And Mm -hmm. so I think one of the ways that for myself, I came to terms with that challenge is that I decided like, what is the purpose? Why am I teaching them foreign languages? And for me, it was a decision between, am I just trying to 
have exposure or am I trying to have fluency? And I, at that point, decided to me, it was more important to have exposure for my kids, that they were being exposed to these different languages for different reasons and different purposes, and that they could run with that later on if it was an mm-hmm. interest that they had. After I decided that, I approached it differently and I was I was more relaxed about it at that point. But I think that if you're deciding that you, you know, fluency is your goal for a language, that you really need to approach it in a completely different way. You know, you can't just dabble. You really have to become a more serious learner. And I think, you know, your point about kids being able to pursue it when they become adults Mm -hmm. is a really good one because I took French when I was in elementary school and the first part of junior high, I took French because it was required. And I did need a foreign language in high school. I think at the time we had two years, but I loved French. And my my grandfather was uh, from Quebec. Unfortunately, he died before I ever started learning French. But it made me even more interested in it, knowing that my grandfather spoke that language. So I continued to choose French when the choice came up. And as an adult, I've continued over the years, sometimes more and sometimes less, to work on improving my ability to understand and speak French. And I think that's the thing. You know, you can't really force it on someone, but you can certainly try to expose them to it. Mm -hmm. So in the second half, we're going to talk about ways we can do that with our kids. Hi, happy homeschoolers. Let's chat a little bit about our sponsor, Transcript Maker. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you probably feel like you know a lot about Transcript Maker. But if you've been listening to us talk about this service and you haven't tried it yet, let me tell you why I love Transcript Maker. When I found Transcript Maker, it was really new and I had a child going into senior year of high school and I was really, really worried that I wasn't going to be able to make him a transcript because I really stink at Excel spreadsheets. Somehow or another, I happened upon Transcript Maker and signed up and it changed my life as a homeschool administrator. I didn't have to worry about calculating anything. All I had to do was keep my notes and plug them in to the transcript template and it calculated the GPA for me. I used it for all of my first five kids and I'm going to use it for my youngest kid when he's in high school because it's such a great product and they keep improving it over the years based on feedback they get from their users. So there's just no reason to try to do anything on your own at home when there's Transcript Maker. And just for our listeners of our podcast, you can save 20% off your subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today and fall in love for yourself. Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. In the first half, we discussed the benefits of foreign language learning and the challenges in teaching it. And in this half, we're going to talk about the joys of teaching foreign language to our children and methods that we've used to do that. So um, we're talking about the joys. Y'all, um, <laughs> let's talk about the joys. <laughs> Okay, this is going to be, uh, I don't know how popular this one is, but my kids, um, as they got older, uh, were really interested in learning the bad words in any language they could find. Uh, you know, <laughs> I wanted to learn bad French words. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was like their goal anytime I introduced any kind of new language to them. <laughs> and it actually became quite a funny game. So I actually enjoyed it and it encouraged them. I, I've mentioned before we went on this big, long East Coast trip with a bunch of families one year. And that year in our co-op, we were doing ASL classes with the teenagers and they took it upon themselves to learn a lot of not so nice language in ASL. (laughs) And then when we were on the subway in New York City, they thought, hey, we can speak to each other across the subway with our ASL and our bad words. And somebody understood what they were saying. (laughs) It's so a um, really funny moment. <laughs> so <laughs> watching them actually, for real, exposing the kids to different ideas and then seeing where they take it and what they do with it is interesting. And, and I've enjoyed that. Like right now, we're working on Spanish again this year because uh, we're about to go on a trip to Costa Rica. And part of that is they've been studying Spanish. The teenagers have all year and they play oh, online at night. They play online games, right? Video games with 
people all over the world. And some of the people they're playing with right now are in Colombia and they don't speak much English. So I can hear them on their headsets and stuff talking at night, playing these games. And they've How been cool. using their Spanish, talking to these people and they're teaching them some English. So I like with everything else we learn together, I like watching them take off with it. I really enjoy that part. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that they have a practical outlet, so to speak. Like you're going to Costa Rica, they'll have an opportunity to use what they're learning. Because anytime we learn something and we don't like practice it, just we don't own that information right. very well. When we did the, originally we all sat around at the table, we were learning and then we would play with those words. Then you have lots of laughter because we're trying to <laughs> wrap our tongue around, you know, new words mm -hmm. that are new to us. And then someone's always going, hey, that sounds like, you know, some other word. And then they're looking that up. We always have all these rabbit trails because somebody's got, well, does that mean this or that? And then they go into looking those things up. That was a pretty long time ago. And I, I just remember that those, those lunch lessons were a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that we learned a lot of food uh, words at that time. Everybody learned colors. I mean, we kind of had a whole thing where they were learning to count to 10 and as many languages as they could and learn all the names for all the colors in as many languages as they could. And then they just, my kids are always playing with uh, whatever we were learning and yeah. coming up with other things. And so they kind of took off with that. Um, but so playing with it was fun. Sometimes we would try listening to a movie in a different language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, sometimes that, that was just so confusing, but it was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? You know, but if you know, if you if you have a favorite movie and you know it so well, we're like, I don't know, my kids can quote movies. Well, then that was one way where they listened to mm -hmm. it in another language. We didn't do that very often, and not all of my kids did that. But that was one of those later things when we had DVDs and you could pick your language and just for fun they would listen to it in another language. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things. The other things I can remember is when we would go out somewhere and we would have signage that's in both Spanish and English. They were attempting to see if they could understand what the yes. sign said without looking at the English one. And so they learned some things that way, but we really, um, we were just dabbling. Like uh, Jen said earlier, our goal was also more of exposure and just, we were working on vocabulary and root words. And so none of us are very fluent in any languages other than my son who works with Spanish speakers and can say quite a few things, but it's one of those things, like, I guess that we learned other kinds of things and not that one. And I just had to leave that one up to them as adults to find resources if they wanted to. But now I get to play with things from different YouTube people or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm inspired to try to like revamp the minimal French that I have or to work on Spanish a little bit more. And I, uh, one year when I was sharing a classroom with a Spanish teacher. I was sitting out in the, you know, community room while her class would be going on. I was just thinking, I should just go sit in the back of her room and learn mm -hmm. Spanish right along with all the <laughs> kids in her classroom because they all learned so much. And it was really fun to listen to everybody. You know, when you're young, you're not nervous about uh, messing up. You, you just That's give true. it a try and you're not shy about it. And I, I just loved listening to them grow throughout the year while they were learning Spanish. And it did make me wish that I had um, maybe taken more classes when I was younger. But I know that you always can. There's not a deadline by which you have to learn everything. That's and right. You can't learn anything new. Many and libraries so always have... an option. Yeah, many libraries have foreign language classes. I went and took a French class for a while, but I found it a little frustrating because it wasn't geared for people who knew French and wanted to build on it. It was geared for people who wanted to learn French. It wasn't as conversational. And where yeah. I want to improve is my conversational abilities. Some of the fun things that we did, we did some co-ops. And one of the co-ops, a friend of mine who was from Germany, she was teaching the kids German. And I was her teaching assistant for that period. And so I started to learn German. However, since my background is in Latinate languages, it really didn't stick. <laughs> uh, Spanish and, and uh, French are much easier for me. And one of the things that sometimes we'll get, we'll get a paper um, and it'll have several languages on it. I think we got one recently from maybe the hospital or, insurance, oh, yeah. you know, and it has a bunch of stuff. And I, and I picked yeah. it up and said to my son, oh, look, I'm going to read this. 
And I read it in French and then I read it in Spanish and I gave it a stab in Italian. And he said, how can you do that? And I said, well, these languages are all in the same family. Mm-hmm. So my accent might not be great, <laughs> but people can understand me. And that's one thing that Adelaide from Talkbox Mom said. She said, you know, if you think about whenever you've interacted with someone whose first language is in English and they're speaking to you in English, you're not criticizing them. You're thinking, right. wow. They speak two languages and I am struggling, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. kind of gives me more of um, a confidence not to feel so self-conscious about how I might say something. Um, you know, like I said, when I told my neighbor, she had mucho agua and she said muy, you know, it didn't really matter right. at that moment. It's more about and I appreciated her giving me that little primer, but, you know, so I think it's some of the joys for us are just. Um, learning more about other cultures, particularly. So I, I told you we were listening. We listened to French Christmas carols and other cultures. Um, they're kind of darker than we are. <laughs> and so there's a there's a Christmas song about St. Nicholas. I don't know if you know the legend of St. Nicholas that uh, he did all these miracles. And one of them was that a butcher um, killed three kids and put them in a vat for like seven years. Okay. And he asked the guy for some food and the guy is like, uh, how about this? And he goes, no, no, I want the meat that's in that barrel. And the guy knew that there were these kids in there and St. Nicholas miraculously brought these three kids back to life. So there's a Christmas song about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my son has enjoyed since he was like seven. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a lot, a lot of the um, other cultures, things are way darker than ours. <laughs> Um, and you know, when we were discussing that, we're like, oh, that's an interesting song to sing at Christmas. <laughs> um, so I think those are some of the really fun parts is that, um, you come up against things that are so different, but it's also really memorable. Right. <laughs> and then right. You, you can build on that. So, um, so those are some of the fun things that we've run into is just, you know, cultural Mm-hmm. Um, differences. I'm trying to get my son to understand that in France, kids eat lots and lots of different vegetables. He's not going for it though. <laughs> but that's the thing too. Their culture <laughs> is that they value highly the ability for people to enjoy food and they start teaching mm-hmm. them from very young ages to eat all kinds of stuff. So um, those are some of the joys I, I have experienced you know, but how to do it, how to teach it, that's the difficulty. What kind of resources did you use with your efforts to expose your children to foreign languages? Well, we've done a lot of things. We did Rosetta Stone for a little while until it got hard. Thank you. We also, like Melody said with the movies, we watched TV shows and cartoons and things in other languages. My kids are still doing that this year in the class where they're working on Spanish. They use cartoons in that class. We, oh, one of the things I really enjoy, which we've talked about game schooling before, you can mm-hmm. game school in another language. It's quite easy to do. You can go find resources for it, like on Teachers Pay Teachers. You can get games in Spanish or French. Uh, that's what we did in that German class. Yeah, I, games are a great, fun way. We did it for, we did a, another class class trip a few years ago to to Mexico and we were working on Spanish that year and that whole year all of our exposure to Spanish for the class was through games and and simple stuff like we learned to do the numbers by playing uno in Spanish you know Mm -hmm. so um just your typical board games and card games but do them in in another language uh, the kids really enjoy that. So that's helpful. I've done that to Liam when we play Uno. He doesn't do it back, but I'll say, <laughs> you know, Eventually. Jean yeah. De yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so most recently we're, we are using Duolingo right now this year. The kids are using it. I like Duolingo. I'd, I've heard it get a lot of criticism, but I'm actually quite a fan of it. I've been doing it myself this year to refresh my Spanish and it's really helped me. It doesn't help me, you know, conversationally so much because, because I don't have that exposure. I need to speak with people. But as far as vocabulary and tenses and things like that, it's really helping me. Plus, because we're doing it with a group of friends, it's competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're in a, you know, we're in a group together. Um, we're all trying to get the most points and things like that. So that's been really encouraging for the kids because it is more like a game and everybody wants the highest points every week. Um, so that, that really keeps them more motivated. 
So I what like I Duolingo. like about Duolingo is that you have a chance to practice your pronunciation. You know, yes. so if you say it and it's like, oh, that doesn't seem right. Try that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. even if you're not speaking directly with someone, you're working on saying the words, not just yes. reading them and hearing them. Another thing I really uh, am loving about Duolingo is that on your phone, you can change the settings for your keyboard. So I use a Spanish keyboard when I'm doing Duolingo. And actually, it helps because I'm learning to spell the words. And for me, that really helps when I visually see how the word is spelled correctly. But it... I also keep forgetting that my keyboard's in Spanish. So now I'm texting people and everything's getting autocorrected to Spanish all the time, which oh, actually so I guess isn't a bad thing. <laughs> um, but um, um, I, we've also heard that people can use it for talk to text if it's in the um, Spanish keyboard and it'll help you with, you know, pronouncing things correctly because you have to say it correctly for it to type in correctly. So that's a really cool function for that. Yeah, that's super smart. I have a friend, I made a friend who lives in France through a mutual friend. He's on Facebook and we'll, uh, we'll message each other. And, um, you know, I have to remember to how to put my accent. That's been really helpful. And he's really sweet about helping me. Um, He's recommended some French Facebook groups. One that we're on together. Yeah, is um, it's basically the the translation is that cats get under your skin. It's a Facebook group for people who love cats. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting. uh, And I would encourage everybody if you're studying a, a foreign language to get in some kind of a Facebook group with native speakers because it's very eye-opening how they use the language that you're struggling to learn. Right. And, you know, you're learning it in this very formal way. Formal. And then you mm-hmm. see what people write. And it's like how, you know, our English is super slangy mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. Because when you're speaking to people who are native speakers, they're going to use some of those ways of talking. Right. Um, and so it's been really fun for me to be on these um, French Facebook groups. Another one I'm on has to do with people who like the area of France uh, in Brittany. And the people there are of Celtic origin. Mm-hmm. And my family has Celtic roots. So um, Christophe and I have bonded over that. He's got Celtic roots. And then Duolingo also has podcasts. Mm -hmm. And my French listening is getting really good. Um, And I'm fascinated by all the different places around the world where people are speaking French and the um, things that they've been doing. So I would encourage people to try those podcasts. Yeah, listening to podcasts is a great idea. I I, um, in one of my homeschool groups a couple days ago, I saw somebody asking about Spanish, uh, resources for teaching Spanish for their young kids. And somebody recommended a podcast called eat your Spanish. So today in the car, I actually made my older kids listen to it so I could check it out, but Mm -hmm. it's really, it's, it's a podcast for probably preschool level or young elementary kids. And, you know, they sing songs and things, uh, and it's basic starts with basic vocabulary, but it was really good at their little 15 minute segments. So those kind of things. I'm sure there's a whole bunch more of those out there right now, but listening to podcasts when you're in the car with your kids in other languages is a great idea. Yeah. Well, especially because people speak really quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, French and Spanish speakers Mm -hmm. speak really quickly. It's hard to understand them if you don't get your ear to where you can pick out the individual words that are said so fast. So listening and Duolingo is is good for listening, but it's not, again, it's not like when you're listening to a person who's just talking in real life. So yeah, I think that the more exposures you can have, the layers upon layers, you know, the the better it is. What about you, Melody? What what kind of methods? I know you said you used the learnables, which I always wanted, but I never could get. I never could afford it. (laughs) Well, I I found them at a used curriculum sale, and that's how we got those. And I don't really have any good recommendations. We were really big on, like I said earlier, dabbling and just throwing Mm -hmm. ourselves into it. But as far as learning step-by-step or being able to know how to form sentences correctly or converse, I never really found anything that was easy to incorporate. Have you? Well, I have a whole stack of French um, resources, and they... They make sense to me because I understand French. Yeah. <laughs> but really the way we learn, and this is one of these days I'm really, I'm hoping to have the money to buy Talkbox Mom because her program, no matter what the languages are, they teach the way that we normally learn. So when you have a little kid learning, 
they're starting off with, you know, mama, dada, whatever. Mm-hmm. They learn the words that you use every day. You know, want some milk? Are you hungry? And so um, you don't have to worry about, unless you want to be reading and writing that language, then you would need a formal program. But for the um, opportunity to speak a language and to be, be able to speak with other people in a language, really, you don't need to worry about the formalities of it at that mm-hmm. point. You know, after you you get into it and, and that's, you know, it builds on itself. So I think eventually TalkBox Mom may have, you know, written things and, mm-hmm. and incorporate more grammar and things like that. But in the early parts, it's just like how I learned French. The teacher talked about things we we learned about, like, I remember I celebrated Mardi Gras when I was a kid because the French celebrate Mardi Gras very differently than it's celebrated here, I must say. Um, they dress up in costumes of famous French people and they eat crepes and, you know, just different things. But we, we experienced a culture yeah. and we learned about a lot of things without lots of sitting down and writing and mm-hmm. diagram, you know, learning all that. It wasn't until I got into high school or maybe junior high that we, I had a teacher who made us memorize um, proverbs, French proverbs and French idioms. And we would have to write those down. We did write things because public school, they want to see, you know, the teacher doesn't know what you're Mm -hmm. doing unless they have some kind of written material. But in the elementary school years, it was really mainly experiential, you know, talking and learning about Mm -hmm. cultural things. I I have a funny story about writing uh, another language. I, so I lived in Japan in high school and we lived on a military base, but I was off base all the time going and doing things that I worked actually in a red lobster in high school off base, a Japanese red lobster. So I had to speak (laughs) That seems so silly. It is silly. Uh, But I had to learn, like, I had to do the menu and, you know, do all of the ordering and everything in Japanese. And I had to know how to get around and know all the words to travel around Tokyo and all of that. So I thought I had a good, like, beginner basis of knowledge of Japanese. I also, while I was there, taught English to a bunch of Japanese high school kids. And so we traded language a lot, which was fun. So I thought, when I went to college, let, you know, this was good. I kind of had a little, you know, I had the basics down. So I decided to take Japanese my first year of college. Well, um, immediately it was writing and I was <laughs> uh, lost right away. And that was not for me. <laughs> wow. Like, so you do not have to be able to write the language to be able to use it, which is good to know. For sure. Did you ever read any Japanese? No. no. I, I think, you know, when I was there, like road signs and things, things mm-hmm. that I saw often, like a stop sign, I could read those words because I mm-hmm. saw them all the time. But other than that, no, I couldn't put them into other words or anything like that. Do you still speak Japanese? No, not at all. I know. I I had no opportunity after that, really. Yeah, I didn't I didn't follow up on it, but I didn't really have any opportunities. But it was, you know, living there in the culture. So amazing. It's so easy. You know, it was easy to pick it up because you had to. So that's that's such a huge benefit. There's a woman at my church who lived in Japan for 10 years Mm -hmm. and she um, we had a talent show for Shrove Tuesday, which is Episcopal celebration, like instead of Mardi Gras. And she played Japanese flute and she said, well, I I lived for 10 years in Japan. Um, I picked up a few things and I brought home some souvenirs. She has two children. She married a Japanese man. (laughs) She was pretty well immersed in the culture. And then, you know, her husband's Japanese. I'm sure she's got more fluency. But, you know, it's funny how you you learn something and it's useful for a while. And then you don't need it. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Something else comes in. I know quite a few homeschool families that use uh, native speaking tutors to learn other languages. And Mm -hmm. there are a ton of programs out there for that now where, you know, you sign up and then you have a actual live tutor, like through Skype or something. Oh yeah. With them. And I have one friend that did this through the homeschool Spanish Academy and she highly recommends it, but she did it for two boys all the way through high school. And it was great. They had, I think twice a week, it might've been once a week, but they had weekly lessons online with a native speaker in person. Mm-hmm. And it was hugely beneficial because that really gets rid of one of the challenges of not, you know, having the availability of immersion mm-hmm. and native speakers. So those programs are great. I They, they do cost money though. And mm-hmm. some of them are quite expensive, but there's a lot of competing programs out there for that now for many different languages. So there might be more ability to do that mm-hmm. right now. 
Yeah, I think that also throughout school, sometimes you can get a small class of kids together and then Mm -hmm. you can split that cost amongst the group. But I I think it's one of those, if you really want to do it, there are plenty Mm -hmm. of resources out Mm -hmm. there sometimes. But I know even for myself where I, I really love languages, it's one of the first things I don't do in a day if we're really busy. You know, I'm like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't even say anything to Liam in French. He knows if we're at the park and I say, oni va, means let's go. Va a la voiture, go to the car. Like I said, all my other kids, I had little French phrases that I would say to them in front of other people so that unless they knew French, they didn't know. Um, you know, if I want my kids to stop it. <laughs> yeah. <"Au> la, stop <laughs> it. You know, already. But it sounded nicer because it was an important <laughs> <language>. <laughs> Lots of people wondering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope that our listeners take away from this, our conversation today, that they're, it's well worth trying to teach a foreign language, yeah. even if you can't or don't achieve fluency, that it's still well worth it. Absolutely. I think it, there's a lot of value in just the exposure. Here at the end of our podcast, we usually like to answer a big question. Well, this week we found a big question so big, we wanted to make it its own episode. So you'll be getting a third episode this month on March 31st. But before we go record that, we wanted to leave you with a few reminders. If you want to support us here and help us grow, it'd be great if you help new people find our show by leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your Transcript Maker subscription with the code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed today, you can find our show notes on our Facebook page in the comments on new episode posts. Let us know how your foreign language learning is going. You can reach out to us through email at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com and on Instagram and Facebook at happyhomeschoolpod. Next time, we'll be discussing the big question. What do I do now that I pulled my kids out of public school? Merci for joining us today. Au revoir. Adios. Sayonara. Happy Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Zerbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Melody Gillum and Jennifer Jones. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us. But we also did ACL, uh, ACL. (laughs) We also did ASL 